At nine years old, I had my first encounter of the God kind. I was in my room, and I was a man, a boy that did not fear God. I didn't fear nothing. I always kind of had that. My grandfather, I was his, shouldn't have been, but I was his favorite grandchild. I mean, that's what he told me. He liked me. Taught me all kind of de- per- terrible things, but he liked me. And I wasn't afraid of nothing. I didn't care. Didn't make no difference. And the Spirit of the Lord sent a man. I call it a man. You got to remember that I'm a nine-year-old boy. It was kind of like a dream, but yet it wasn't a dream. And I saw a man's face with, with it seemed like a gray beard to me. And he hollered at me, fear God, boy, fear God, which blew my socks off. I ran out of the room, ran into my mother's room and said, Mama, there's a man there telling me to fear God. Fear God. And Mama realized that I had a close encounter of the God kind, never realizing that this was the beginning of setting the pattern of what was going to happen in my life. And i never forget that. She said, well, what are you afraid of? I said, he told me to fear God. She said, you need to respect God. But I was a confused child about God because I'd hear my mother and them talk about God. God will bless you. And I said, if God will bless you, how come we so broke? I said, if God heals, how come you so sick? And she could not really answer those things because most people that believe in healing are sick. Most people that believe in prosperity are busty. Because they've been taught to give, they hadn't been taught to receive. I asked the Lord, will I ever stop raising money for television and things? He said, well, you don't want to harvest? I said, yeah. He said, you got to plant a seed. That's the only way you get fruit, by planting. If you don't want no harvest, quit planting. That's exactly the truth. So these close encounters of God kind began to happen to me as a small boy. And I, that was the first one. And I was, and my mother could not explain that. And I would literally walk down school halls as a child, even as a man, as a rock musician. And God's presence would be around me. And I would holler, leave me alone. And people look at me like I was nuts. I said, forget it, forget it. It was that presence of God. I'll tell you what it was. That baby was lifted up. God said, that's mine. And no devil in hell shall rob that child from me. Even though I was trying to rob him myself. But he would bother me. Sensitive to that. And I knew it. But I would refuse it because it, I was afraid. I was taught, don't mess with God. God kill you, man. You ever thought that? Man, don't make God mad, Jack. He wiped you out. When I went to confession, I never told the truth. Did you? Well, did you? How many of y'all told the truth when you went to confession? Nobody? Man, I wasn't going to tell that guy what I did. He'd still be there. So these close encounters began to happen. At 17 years old, I was away from God. I wouldn't have anything to do with God. I got in a car and I was driving and in a rainstorm. And you know how 17-year-old boys are. It's 35 and they drive 65. Lost control of a car and flipped the car three times in over in. Jumped the six-foot mailbox. Never cleared it. Flipping it three times in over in. Things begin to break and crack in the car. And what happened was, I never forget it, it, the first time that God physically put his hand on me. Something grabbed my shoulder as I was flipping. 
Because you see, what happened is when I flipped the car, the car began to break like an accordion, you know, just began to do this. And what happened is the door busted and a piece of jagged steel came from the door. And I was being thrown over. And if I went thrown over, it went through my, my side and punched my lungs and killed me. But a hand grabbed me. Which freaked me out. Because this shoulder was up against that roof. But there was roo there was that much room between me and the, and the roof. There was, I went, oh, and I was flipping. And as I flipped, the steering wheel blew up my face. And the... And the steering wheel broke in my hand. Now listen to this. And this is an amazing thing. God knows how to prove things. When the steering wheel broke, I saw popcorn. Popcorn hit me. Bam! Just hit me. I went, oh, look at this popcorn. Just flip it. My mother had a dream the night before that, gosh, she saw me standing on a beach and a tidal wave of the blood of Jesus was coming over me. And she couldn't figure out what it was. And she told me about that. I said, oh, mom, that's them religious stuff you got. But the next day, I flipped that car, made the home a courier, said impossible to live. They cut me out with a welding torch. Thank God there was no fire because I'd have burned alive. The reason why that angel of God put his hand on my shoulder, because if I'd have went over, it would have killed me. Went right through my side. But it scared me. Well, when it cut me out, naturally the ambulance says, let me tell you something, I almost had a heart attack in that ambulance. If you ain't dead at the car accident, by the time they drive you to a hospital, you dead. Them people are crazy. They run over anything. Get out the way, brother, they coming. And I kept telling them when they dropped me out, they grabbed me, you know, and want to start putting them things in my neck. And I said, hey, popcorn, did you? They got popcorn in that car. And I heard him say, he's in shock. I said, I ain't in shock. I got popcorn in there, man. I mean, I come out and I had a little cut over my eye and a cut on my hand about this long, maybe a half inch, maybe not that, quite that long. Brought me to the hospital. Freaked me out when I, when everything stopped, the hand slowly released. I didn't see the hand. I felt the pressure. When the hand went off, I went, good Lord, there's something in here. I was trying to get out of there as best I could, but I was jammed. I couldn't, they had to cut me out. When I got to the hospital, they gave me four aspirin. Now my mother was worried. Mama didn't worry about, we didn't have much money, but she made sure that we had clean underwear. She said, bother that woman for some reason or another. You better have clean underwear. You know how boys are, you just turn them inside out and wear them again. You know, you, you, you don't care. That's boys. Boys don't, they don't make no difference. That's how we do that. She come running in there. I done flipped the car three times in over in the photographers. I made the front page of the Homer Courier in 1967. My mama come flying into the hospital. She said, boy, did you have any clean underwear on? I said, mama, after the third flip, everything turned loose. And that's the truth. <laughs> Ain't no use to lie. That was the truth. That third flip, bless God, cleaned me out. I was scared because I broke that steering wheel. That shocks you, but that's true. Yet it was a close encounter of the God kind. Maybe that's the reason why the ambulance drivers were driving so fast. Get this boy out of here. When my daddy picked me up at the hospital, I said, Daddy, you okay, boy? I said, Daddy. 
I said, the steering wheel broke in my hand, popcorn flew out. And everybody said, and I heard the doctor say, he's in shock, he's in shock. <laughs> Ain't no popcorn. The next day, I could hardly move, it was just real sore. I said, Dad, I want to go to the wrecking yard. They picked that car up with one of those winches, you know, uh, what do they call it, kind of a truck on the back there, whatever. I don't know the name of that kind of a truck, but they picked it up because couldn't roll it. And when we got to the wrecking yard, A-Bear's wrecking yard, I walked up that thing and Daddy suggested, man, no pop. I said, Daddy, popcorn come out that steering wheel. Y'all think I'm in shock, but I'm telling you, I know what I saw. And I told him about the hand, you know, and he, nobody believed that. Especially when you're saying popcorn's coming out of a steering wheel. When we got to the car, there was popcorn all over the bottom floor of the car. That's right. Popcorn. What we ascertained that happened, that as that car was flipping, there was a bag of popcorn in the glove compartment. As that car began to break up and bust up, split, that glove compartment flew open at the same time the steering wheel broke and that popcorn bag hit that and wham! I saw popcorn, brother. So it proved that I wasn't in shock. And I told them about that hand and Mama said, It was that tidal wave of the blood covenant. It's that dream boy. You better thank God I'm praying for you, you little heathen. You hear what I'm saying? That kind of stuff, you know. That was a close encounter of the God kind. And it would make me nervous because I knew God wanted to talk to me. I've seen many angels physically like I see you. In Jonesville, Louisiana, I was preaching and I was having chest pains and stress. I was preaching just nonstop, driving, running, moving. I'm still doing that till today. And I'm a man like to read my Bible, bless God, especially when I'm on the road and, and, and uh, I was having really heavy chest pain. I didn't tell Kathy nobody because I was just running 100 miles an hour. And as I was reading my Bible, it was about, tw about five minutes to 12, Jonesville, Louisiana, I was preaching for a pastor. I wanted to put a scripture in my mind so when I go to sleep, instead of thinking on bad trash, think on the Word. Well, at that time, I was reading this, I read a couple of scriptures, about ready to close the Bible take the light off and go to sleep. I noticed the clock. It was 12 o'clock. When I looked up, it was the biggest angel I ever saw. He was, he was about seven foot tall. He had blonde hair, longer than mine. His hair was about down to here. Freaked me out. I went, whoa! Just scared me. And he, he glowed. He had a gold waist, gold belt, like on it. But he was huge. He was, he was huge. Man, I'm just, he, I mean, he just looked like standing over me like that. Just blew me away. I, and, but he, his hair was blonde. Yellow blonde. I'm talking uh, not just dirty blonde, but I'm talking yellow, you know, blonde, really blonde. And I went, oh, huh. <laughs> it scared me. I, I'd have blown a hole through that wall if I'd have had enough guts to get out that bed. And he said this: "I am sin of the Lord. The Lord has told me to tell you to sleep." <laughs> Listen, you're not going to argue with a seven-foot blonde-headed angel. You understand what I'm saying? Whether you believe this or not makes no difference, it happened. He said, you're under much stress. And the Lord sent me to tell you, I could physically see him as you physically see me. People, I had the Bible in my hand, I was about ready to close it. I said, okay, well, you're not going to argue. Okay, and immediately he was gone and the Bible fell on my chest. And I slept for 12 solid hours. I've never done that since. I average about four to five, maybe five and a half to six hours of sleep a night. That's it. And I mean, I was, in, I was having really heavy pain because of going so strong. 
when I came, when I woke up, it was 12 o'clock noon the next day. Man, I felt like a million dollars. And that Bible, I hadn't moved all night. That Bible was on my chest, just like this. Big angel. It's a blessing of the Lord. I've had many of them come when I was preaching. I preached in one particular church one time. And in the middle of my sermon, I turned around. When I turned around, the whole choir loft was full of them. They looked like shafts of light. I didn't see hair, in the, but it just looked like light. And I stopped. And people noticed it. I quit preaching. Listen, I forget the crowd when you got an angel, a bunch of them behind you. And I just looked like that. And as I looked like that, this woman in the back of the church jumped her feet and screamed. She said, I see them too. And I looked at her like there's nobody else did. And they walked off the platform. When they walked off the platform, they walked right by me. And one of them smiled at me. And I could see his facial features, but I did not uh, think of hair color or eye color or anything of that nature. As they walked past me, everybody in that church, everybody in that church bit the dust. Everybody fell. Now, they fell out the pews, fell between the pews. Sinners too. Everybody bit the dust as they went through that church. I was the only person standing. I didn't have nobody to talk to. I sat down. It was a close encounter of the God kind. Say, why those happen to you? I wish I could see those things. I wish you could too. It would make me less of a flake. Or make you think of me less as a flake. There were sinners in there. They knocked down everybody in that church. There were sinners crawling on their knees trying to get out the church, get out the foyer. They just went through. I don't know why. I didn't have time. I was freaking out. About 30 minutes later, people began to kind of come up out of the pews. And I asked them, what, what, what? did y'all see it? Did y'all see it? And they said, we didn't see nothing, but we felt something. I lost. One man said, I lost all strength. I just crumbled. Man, I tried. I couldn't even lift a finger. It was a close encounter of the God kind. God has angels. The Bible said you've entertained angels unaware. Many different things of that nature. In August of this year, the last week of August, 1988, I was at Magnolia Christian Center, Pastor Paul Trokel's church. If you want to check it out, you can I was going to lunch. It was Monday. It was the Best Western Hotel in Magnolia, Arkansas. This just past August, the last week. I got up that morning. I knew there was a disturbance in the spirit. I can always tell when God's about ready to do something with me. There's a disturbance in my spirit. There's an unrest. As I was going to lunch, I mean, I didn't even have time to finish eating lunch. I knew I had to get back to the hotel. I had to leave. There was something bothering me. You know, just like, like an urgency. Uh, let me see how you would put it in, in the natural like a, a nervousness, you know, a, 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 a adrenaline flowing, just making you nervous and for no apparent reason. I knew something was up and I said, excuse me, I, I don't mean to be rude, but I got, I got to go back to the hotel. I said, there's something up. I don't know what it is. I had no inclination of what was about ready to happen at all. I just knew there was a disturbance going on. When I got back to that hotel, I closed my door. I put do not disturb on it. It was one. It was actually one minute to one. I pulled my coat off like that and I knelt down by the side of my bed. And I was going to pray because I know when God, some, when the Holy Spirit's making intercession, you know, and I, I said, maybe he wants to talk to me about tonight's service, you know, different things of that nature. People, when I knelt down, I remember kneeling down and that clock struck one o'clock. I had one of those little, you know, those little digital looking clocks that flip over there in the hotel. I looked at it and I said, oh God, what's the matter? What's wrong? What is happening? What? 
And people, I don't know what happened. I don't know whether I was in the body or out of the body. I felt a suction being, I was being pulled up as I was being put. It was like, and I went, whoa. I mean, I just come out. Now, I don't know if I, I didn't look back to see my body or anything. All of a, all of a sudden, I knew I was, I was out of that hotel and I was zooming at an, an a powerful rate of speed. I was just, just being pulled up like that. And I remember doing this, what is happening? You know, I, I remember saying that to myself. I didn't say it out loud. What is happening? And I realized I was in a chariot. Not a chariot like you see on Ben-Hur. It looked more like a cable car that's closed in, that's going over, a, 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 not a ski lift, but a, like a cable car that's going over. Yeah, I didn't see no horses. I didn't see anything of that nature. But when I... Come to myself. I knew I was traveling at a high rate of speed. When I looked up, it was that same angel that talked to me in Jonesville, Louisiana, Louisiana with that blonde hair. And I went, hello. I said, where are we going? He said, you have an appointment with God, which blew my socks off. People, I know that heaven is not that far off because it seemed like we didn't get out of our galaxy. It just seemed like. Now, I'm not an astronomer, so I don't know about that. But I just could see myself racing. I mean, just going. Yet, I didn't know what was operating the chariot. And people, in my mind, I thought that I would go to heaven and see a city. But what people don't understand, you're going to hit paradise first. Then you're going to hit the city. Then you're going to hit the throne. And when I hit there, we got there, I saw trees like I had never seen before in my life. I saw a river of life. I walked out and people, how do you see this? I fell down on the ground and I went, glory to God. And that angel said, the most high God, Jehovah, Hosanna in the highest. And he fell down. And we began to worship God. I mean, he just blew me away. And I said, where am I? Where am I? He said, you have an appointment. And you shall soon find out. So I stood to my feet and light like I've never seen before in my life. Not light like this. How do you explain that? I don't know. It's, it's something that I never saw. But there are mountains. I saw mountains and streams and valleys. Then I realized that God, some of the things that he created on the earth, he's got that there also. Not thinking, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to quote the New Jerusalem. That's where I've always thought physically or theologically in the Bible. But I realized that paradise is huge. And I saw a bunch of people that were under these trees. And I was getting weak and this angel said, hang on a second. And he said, word, hang on, he just, hold on a minute. He walked under the tree, grabbed this fruit and walked up to me. It looked like it was a copper, it wasn't an apple. I don't know what kind of fruit it was, but it was copper colored. It looked like copper colored. He said, eat this and you'll be able to stand the glory of God. And I ate this fruit. It was real juicy. Now, I felt, I didn't want to spit up, you know. I mean, you know, you want to, I was embarrassed, I'll be honest. And I saw people shouting and hollering. And I saw them with robes of righteousness. And they were marching. And I could see the city way off. But this was, this, this was all this beautiful land and that river of life just flowing out with all these trees. But I saw people eating the fruit. But I saw them also smelling the leaves. They would take the leaves off the trees and go, 
smell them like that. And I, and I couldn't understand that. Then I realized that the people that were under the trees did not have robes of righteousness. They had gowns. I saw some with great robes. Bless God. They were coming in in these chariots. I mean, they were angels bringing these people just coming in chariots. And they were just dropping them off. Some had robes on with washed up, walking straight toward that city, shouting and praising God. But there was some would come out and they didn't have a robe on. They had a gown like on. And they would start to walk toward the city. And then it seemed like they would get weak. So they'd go under the trees and they would begin to eat of the fruit. And there were all different angels and servants serving these people. And I asked that angel, I said, why is that? happened he said but there's some that have not lived the life that they should as a hundred sixty or thirty fold they love Jesus they believed in God but they don't li they don't live to the fullest potential and I said well, well they're not gonna go to the throne because everything is throne centered there I said he said yes the great God is merciful he said but they have to be prepared to stand in the presence of the Almighty I said you know in my mind I thought but God you ain't living too good Jack you ain't gonna make it you know, you think of that. But God is merciful. That doesn't mean sinners are going to heaven. Don't misunderstand that. But those had downs. I said, well, what happens when they eat enough of that fruit? He said, what happens is, he said, it strengthens them because as you get closer to the city, the anointing and the light gets stronger. And as you get to the throne, it is blinding to you. And I said, man, this is, I'm going to just tell you what I said. I said, wow, this is heavy. I said, I thought I had what else to say. And I saw a man come out of this a chariot just like mine, like a little cable car. And he, and, but he didn't have a robe on, he had a gown on. And he went, ow, and he hollered. He said, I made it. I made it. I didn't think I was going to make it, but I made it. And he fell on his face and he kissed the ground. And that angel that brought him picked him up and said, come, come, my son. And brought him under those trees and said, eat of this fruit and smell these leaves. And I realized that the he leaves are for the healing of the nations and that fruit helps you to stain the glory. I asked that angel who was with me, I said, will he ever make it to the throne? He said he barely made it in, but the, they always say this, the great God is merciful. The great God is merciful. And he brought him in. There were thousands of people under them trees. And I was, do I was licking my lips. I was going... You know, I was trying to see everything, but it's just, it's phenomenal. It's like standing on top of a mountain peak and trying to see everything, you know, with, with, with an eagle eye down to the most minute blade of grass. He said, you're thirsty. I said, yeah. He said, I shall get you something to drink. And then there was a man across the river. He said, I shall bring it to him. And I saw a man coming to me. He looked a man of great age, yet he looked young. Yet you could tell he was a person of great age. Not wrinkles or, or anything. You could tell he was a, a great age, but young looking in his face. I could say this in tongues. It's hard to say this in English. I could say this in tongues. I know how to, but it's hard to put this in English. And when he walked up to me, he had a gold goblet. He said, drink this. And I couldn't keep my eyes off of him. And I said, who are you? Now hang on, people. He said, I am Abraham. Paradise is my place. I fell down. Don't clap, please. Because they're not here to applaud. This, this is actually happening. I fell down on my face. And he said, stand to your feet. The only person you serve and worship is the Lord God. He said, I am a servant. I have come to help you. I meet all the people that come here. Because, you know, paradise is my bosom. See, in my theological mind, I thought when God, you know, took paradise and brought it to heaven, he kind of done away with that. God don't do away with nothing. 
He was phenomenal. Big man. But he had, I mean, great wisdom. And he said, drink this water. It shall happen. And it was cool and refreshing. Bless God. And he was in a gold goblet. I'm talking fine stuff here. I'm not talking a plastic cup at Sam's. I'm talking fine stuff here. Hallelujah, Jesus. So what happened? Thank you. Listen, listen. This just blows me away. I stood to my feet. He said, I shall help you. And he directed that angel. He said, bring him because he must stand before the Most High God. And all of a sudden I heard kids going, ding, ding, this is singing. And I saw them with little bitty harps. You know, in my mind, I thought these were going to be big harps. They had these kids with little bitty harps. And they was a singing. And I thought, now what are these kids doing here? And there were pavilions all over the place. And they were praising God. And I started getting weak again. And that angel said, come, Jesse. Call me Jesse. Come, eat of this fruit. So as I was walking, I walked past the angel. And I noticed I did not cast a shadow. The light was phenomenal. I mean, I mean, beyond human reasoning. But you know, you see how you see my shadow? And I looked and the angel said, what are you looking for? I said, I don't have a shadow. He said, in this place there's no darkness. God is light in whom there's no darkness, no shadow of turning. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. That blew me away. I said, wait a minute, let me see if I can make a shadow. He said, I told you, there's no darkness. This place is a place of light. Then he said this, all light. God encompasses all. Then he called this scripture, God is light, Jesse. In whom there's no darkness, no shadow of turning. Now you can look in this building, you can see a shadow. But you, I looked on mountains, I looked in streams, I looked at all kinds of trying to find a shadow. I couldn't find nothing dark at all. Everything is light. I said, I got to eat some more of this fruit. I was getting weak. I saw these children as we started walking. Abraham said, I'll meet you again. I have to meet the others that have come to this land of blessedness. You could smell a fragrance. God. And I asked that, well, what was, what's that wonderful, what does that smell? He said, it's the fragrance of God. He's in everything here. And I would go... And I fell on my face and started worshiping God. The angel fell down and started worshiping God. But he, I would say, the great God, Jehovah. And he would say, Hosanna in the highest. And people would shout and these kids were singing. And I looked at all these kids. And they had little harps. Then I heard a whispering. And I saw the people in gowns looking. Then I heard several people that were around me said, He's coming, He's coming, He's coming. And I said, who is coming? Who is this? He said, you shall see the Holy One. Man. I said, okay. And I said, why? Where are all these children coming from? You know, in my mind, I thought, you know, theologically, you've been taught, you know, they ain't really kids. They, you, they're men. He said, these are children that the earth didn't want, that God sent. I said, but I thought that when people go back to heaven, you know, they, they were men. He said, no, Jesse, they must be taught the oracles of God. 
There were a bunch of people around teaching. People that had gone there. God uses people as well as angels. He said, these are children. I said, you talking about abortions here? He said, yes. He said, they can't wait to see their mothers. I said, what? I said, ain't nobody going to believe this. He said, they don't need to. It's still the truth. And these children would sing. And they had these little harps and they would play. Beautiful songs. And he said, he took me to this praise pavilion. It was like a big round pavilion. And they were all excited. And they said, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Now the age factor of these children seemed, the ones I saw seemed from three to nine, three to ten, something like that. I didn't see any babies as far as in that particular place. I saw babies in another place. And all of a sudden I saw a light come out of the city, but it was far from me. And the children ran. But all I could see was hands coming like this, and the kids just come up to him, and they would play and sing and hug him. And I heard him say this, Suffer not the children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. And then kids were just in adoration, but I couldn't see his face. It seemed like, a, like this light would be... Whoa, would meet not in it. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to describe this physically. And he said, you must go to the city. You must go to the city. As I walked toward that city, that angel kept fruit with me. He said, you're going to get weaker and weaker. And I noticed some of the people, they would slip out from under them trees and start walking toward the city. And they'd get almost there. Then they'd stop and turn around. And they'd have to go back. And it seemed like they were depressed, but I would see a person say, there's no depression here. Just eat of the tree of life. Smell the leaves for the healing. And let thy spirit grow. Because you shall stand at the throne of God. Then you'd see people, boy, them robes of righteousness. People, bless God, they were marching, man. Going into that city. I came to that jasper wall. I, know, I have studied the book of Revelation. People, I know something about the Bible. I studied it. I saw that jasper wall. It's amazing. That city's big. That city's 1,500 miles high. That thing is huge. And I saw the foundations. I'm going to tell you the first name on the foundations of heaven of, this, of, the, of the New Jerusalem is Peter. The second one is Paul. The third one is James. And the fourth one is John. I started screaming and hollering. I said, that angel started breathing. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've read about this. Let me see this. And I looked at the pillars. And it was Peter. Then it was Paul. And I thought it would maybe Peter and John. But it was Peter, Paul, James, John. They were, they were names on the foundations of that wall of that city. It was a jasper diamond. I'm talking a beautiful place here. Now I want to just, you see, every place I saw, I wanted to stop and, and stay. He said, come quickly. You must meet. You must have your appointment. So we went into the city, and I was still trying to look, trying to get all these names. I said, bless God, I can preach that on the earth. Let me get all these names in order, you know, in my mind. In my mind. But that angel took me by the hand and said, come. And as I was walking, I would try to make a shatter. That's the thing that blew me away. I couldn't find a shatter. I couldn't find nothing. See that little shatter? You don't see any of that. You don't see nothing like none of this. Nothing. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I thought I'd try to make a shatter. <laughs> now that sounds nuts, but that blew me away. And he said, I told you. This is what he would say. He wouldn't, he wouldn't admit to the shatter. He said, I told you there's no darkness here. None. This is a place of light. Took me in that little chariot-looking thing. And we start going. And this city is beautiful. And as we were going down these streets, I saw a man with a crown on his head. 
I said, stop. Who is this? He said, you shall meet him shortly. Went past him. And all of a sudden, that angel stopped that chariot. He said, kneel. He's here. And people, by that time, you're getting weak. And as I, I fell down like this, and that angel slipped me some of this fruit. He said, eat this. I mean, I was on my knees like this. So I ate this copper-colored fruit. I, I don't know what kind it is. It just cop You could almost see through it, you know. And I would eat it, and I would get strength. And all of a sudden, as I was kneeling down like this, about ready to get up, I saw two feet burning like brass and gold. And I went, oh, God. And he said, I'm here. There are people. I thought that there were scars in Jesus' hands and feet. Them holes were that big. I could see the holes in his feet. I'm not talking a scar. You know, I'm not talking like a, you know, like where you've been cut and scarred. I'm talking them holes were about the size, a little bit bigger than a dime. About the size of a nickel. And I looked. And he put his hand on my shoulder. And he said, Jesse. And I just looking at his feet. And I realized how big them nails were. That went through his feet. Wasn't some little thing to cause a, a wound that big. He said, stand to your feet. And I stood, as I started to stand like this, when I looked up, all I could see was brilliant light. And I saw his, his hair. Was, he's about six foot one. He's about like this. But when I looked, he could see right through me. I said, Jesus. He said, you like this place? Just like that. You like it? I said, yes, sir. And I would want to. He said, stand to your feet. Brilliance coming out of it. Brilliance. Just seemed like waves of glory, if I could explain. Like light would be emanating from him. But he was about this tall, about six foot one like that. And I said, you know, I'm not the man I should be. I, I started, you confess, you do. I said, listen, I, I made some mistakes. He said, I know. He said, I've made a plan of redemption. I said, what am I doing here? Why are you doing this? He said, I want you to go back and tell my people I'm coming. I said, they won't believe me. He said, they didn't believe it for centuries, but I came. But I'm coming again. Jesus is beautiful. He's not handsome. He's beautiful. Because when you look into him, you see love, kindness. I said, you took care of all them babies, didn't you? He said, I'll never lose any of them. I said, boy, you know, in my mind, I said, before I could talk to him, he would answer to me. I, sometimes he let me talk, but sometimes he would answer me when I think. I said, boy, I bet you're mad at some of them people. In my mind, I said, son, you know. He says, you know, in my mind, he said, no, no. I forgive them for they know not what they do. 
He said, but many have come to the knowledge of who I am and they shall share their life, eternity, with the gift that I sent to the earth. And then I saw the man with the other crown. And Jesus put his arm around me, just held me. And that angel was reverent. And this man that came up said, the great king of kings, I bow. He said, Jesse, I want you to meet the king of Israel. His name is David. I saw him. I said, hello. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say, people. I was trying to think intelligence, but you don't. You just don't. He said, I've brought David here. He said, I said, I almost bowed. He said, oh, we bow only to the king of kings. And he said, David, take Jesse to his home. Show him what I have prepared for him. And bring him to my throne. He said, I'll see you in a few minutes. And he smiled at me. And when he turned, it was whoosh. And them kids, just people just falling on the floor. People were praising this praise and worship going on constantly. David took me to a house. Now, this is what you may not believe. This is the prettiest place I've laid my eyes on. I said, this is my house. He said, yes. Would you like to go inside? <laughs> yes, I want to go inside. <laughs> they opened that door. When they opened that door, now this is nuts. I know I was I was shocked. This place is beautiful. In my mind, I thought, you know, what kind of house God? What kind of house does God have? People, I like 18th century furniture. I like ball and claw furniture, cabriolet, Queen Anne, you know, that kind, cherry wood mahogany, stuff like that. I like that kind of stuff. That's my taste. When I walked into that foyer, I had ball and claw furniture. I said, look at here, man. And this place was beautiful. I said, I wasn't expecting to see this. And David said, all desires are met here. Everything has been thought of, all your desires, and some that you could not even think of. I said, I love this kind of furniture. <laughs> he said, Jesus knew it and placed it in your home. He said, come, let me show you. Place is beautiful, man. I mean, all the kind of stuff I like. Then I saw things that there's no English words to describe it, so I can't say it. That's how God keeps some secrets. I realized that. Because he know we're going to tell everybody. But my furniture, I couldn't get over it. He said, all desire. I said, well, I said, you know the thing that bothers me, David? I said, I never thought that there would be mountains and stuff. He said, well, Jesse, the earth is God's creation. His taste there is his taste here. He said, every desire that you could possibly think has been met to your specification for your home. Plus, God put a few of his own. It was beautiful. By that time, I saw a man and a woman and some kids. You know, I walked back to the door and I said, who are them? I said, he said, oh, he said, this is a family that was killed in an airplane accident. All of them. And they're here. I said, I need to ask a question. I said, excuse me for my ignorance, but I thought we don't live together. You know? I said, you know, I had a woman. I started telling her that. I said, I had a woman told me one time she didn't want to go to heaven. She couldn't live with her husband. He said, I, we can understand that here. He said, but God meets all, every desire. 
He said, yeah, you live together. It's not as you know it. So I asked the family. I said, where are y'all going? He said, we're going to our house. It's not like a, a relation. It's 50 million, billion, trillion times greater than what you have today. But you there. I said, where are y'all going? We're going to our house, and then we're going on a picnic. Would you like to come? I, I didn't know what to say. I, yeah, man, why not, you know? And, and David said, we're all servants here. Would you like to go? I said, yeah, I'd like to go. He said, we must go to the throne first. Then we'll take you that, that way. He said, I've been commissioned to bring you to the throne. That I must do. He said, the best is yet to be seen. I said, do they, I mean, I mean, I said, we live together. I mean, I said, you know, I got a wife named Kathy. I mean, I'll, we're going to be together. He said, yes. He said, not as you think, better than you think. I, I thought, I don't have to bring that garbage out. Praise God. You know, in my mind. I didn't say that, but I thought that in my mind. But your husband, your wife, it's not like you are today. It's better than you are today. Are you understanding what I'm saying? In other words, you don't live here and your wife live across town. Because if you choose it, your desire, all desires are met. Because God, and there were friends, oh, there were friends. People would walk up and say, hey, they thought talking, man, bless God, you made it. Yeah, we were worried about you, yeah. You know, I mean, people talking, they just hug each other and kiss each other. And But most of the time, you don't last very long. You fall down and start worshiping God. You can't stand, you won't talk no more than anywhere from 30 to 50 seconds, it seemed like. You got to fall down and start worshiping God. Everybody does it. Because they're so much joy and peace he said we must go quickly he took me down the street he took me down the street of the prophets I saw their homes I said who are these the patriarchs I saw patriarchs prophets of old and there they went by they went hey David they waved so I did it, and they said, hi, Jesse. I said, they know me. He said, you have preached their sermons. He said, God blesses them. They like it because God used them, that their sermon material is still going on. People, when I got to the throne, I walked out. When I caught the light, hit me. Bam! I fell down. It looked like a trillion people. That's a number I don't know. Was at this throne, I fell down. That angel came with that fruit. And he said, eat this. As I ate this fruit, I saw 24 seats. But there was nobody in them, Frank. I said, I've read about that in Scripture. 24 elders. He said, yes. I said, where they are? He said, Jesse, we are servants here. He said, they're out in the city. They're in paradise. They're blessing and helping people. We help people here. Can I, what can we do for you? Then you begin to say, what can I do for you? It's a, it's a sharing. And people, I saw several big angels whoo, flying and I saw Elohim, Jehovah God. But I only saw his feet. And I saw thunder. Whoo, it, I fell down. I ate that fruit, but I still could not stand. 
I mean in that cloud and that smoke and them angels saying, the great Hosanna and the highest, the great God Jehovah. I mean, they were just, now, the angel that talked to me, the blonde hair, he didn't have no wings, looked just like me. But these had wings flying. And it seemed like I saw Jesus on the side. I saw Jehovah God's feet, but yet I could see Jesus on the side of him. And he came out of the, he came out of the, the cloud and the power. It seemed like he came out of God. I understand the Trinity now. I understand that for the first time in my life in terms of physically. That he literally come out of the very existence of Jehovah, Elohim, Yahweh. He just come out. And he came out. And when he did, people shouted. And he said, I have a word for you today. And Jesus began to preach, Frank. Now, I always thought that Jesus was a teacher. I always thought he would say like this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, in my mind. But he preached dynamically. I mean, they were all out there. And I was listening. And he preached and he preached on his coming. And there's a stirring and people would shout. But Jesus just didn't say, Tea. He was preaching. He said, I am coming. And I'm going to get my body. And my whole body shall reside in this place that my Father has created us, created for us all. People were shouting and praising God, man. I mean, Jesus is a preacher. Yeah, I thought of myself as a teacher, you know, kind of quiet. So, no, no. I mean, preaching. I mean, like he took a text, like, and preached from that song. And people falling down, shouting. And you could hear Jehovah back there. I am well pleased. I couldn't see him. I just could see his feet. Huge throne. And angels flying all over the place. I couldn't stand it no more. I told that angel with the blonde hair, I said, look, I, I got to go. He said, it's too strong for you. Come. But we wanted to take you to the throne. And he took me back. David walked with me. I said, uh, will we see Abraham before we leave? He said, you'll see him before you go back. Preached and people began to go back out of the throne, into the city, in the paradise, helping people, just blessing people, helping people. Being nice. I saw theological discussions going on. And what I mean by that, talking about the Word of God. As we went down that same street of the prophets, I didn't see, any, I didn't see my mama. I didn't ask. Maybe I wasn't allowed to. I don't know. I know she's there. I went past this building. I said, can I go in there? No. No human eye has been in this building. It was a beautiful building. I said, well, what is it? That is to remain in the knowledge of Jehovah. No human eye has seen it. And they said this, that angel said, not even Enoch. I don't know what that is. I have no idea. And David was with me. And all of a sudden I turned around. And when I turned around, Jesus came up to me. And I said, that was a great message. <laughs> and it was wonderful. I said, he said, it is a true message. That's why you were sent here. You tell my people, I say they won't believe me. That's okay. Tell them. When they think it not, so shall I come. And he was gleaming. I mean, he looked like, like he had a robe of diamonds on. You know, just color spectrum. He said, now you must go back. I said, I really don't, I, I like to stay here. <laughs> he said, you shall be here for eternity. 
He said, David, Jesse likes mountains. Take him by the way of the mountains. And he took me out on the mountains. I went into this chair. David and this angel. Mount, I love Colorado because of the mountains. I love mountains. I never saw some majestic peaks. We came out of the city, out of the throne, out of the city, into that paradise around. Just huge. Just seemed like millions of miles. They call it, I know they call it leagues. Now, I don't even know what that means. So many leagues away, whatever that means. I don't know what that means. Took me to these mountains, and I saw people going. And I looked, I said, slow this thing down, wait a minute. And I looked, and I saw people having picnics, eating, enjoying, and I saw that same family. And they went, sorry you can't stay, but when you come, we'll go out and eat together. And I began to see little apartments and condominiums in my mind. I said, what are these things? He said, not only do people live in the city, but every desire is met of an individual here. He said, some like apartments as well as their homes, so the great God has provided it. Now that sounds nuts. I said, you mean to tell me they got people with mansions, but they decide they want to go out so many leagues over here, they want a place? He says, yes. Would you like one? It shall be done. Because the great God is merciful. He said, every desire is met. Five minutes, okay. I saw a bunch of Oriental children. I stopped, I saw them. This lady was teaching them. I said, where? I haven't seen any other Eastern cultured people. He said, there. I said, what has happened? He said, these children came. Their age of accountability is a lot different than the age of accountability of a Christian home. They must be taught the oracles of God. I said, but are their parents here? He said, some are, but most of them are not. He said, they come to an age where they accept God, the God that I've placed in them. If they reject it and go the other way, he said, the great God is merciful. He doesn't reject the children. He said, sometimes children pass away at early ages. And I thought they'd become, he said, we teach them. They grow. In other words, if you have lost their baby. Now, hang on when I say this. If you've lost a baby, let's say six months ago, okay? A year ago. And all of a sudden, you would die and go to heaven. You'd meet your child. He'd only be about six to eight months or a year older. You would be able, to, now listen to this, you would be able to raise him and teach him the oracles of God just like you would if he was here physically on the earth. That's wonderful. They took me past the mountains. The children were singing. Abraham said, I shall see you again. I said, thank you. And people, I went to the edge and I was back in my room. And I thought I was gone for about 30 minutes in my mind because it seemed like it was so fast. And I left at 1 o'clock and got back at 6. It was quarter after 6 when I came to my senses. And they had to pick me up at uh, 6.30, quarter to 7 to go to church. I rushed. I had to hurry up and get dressed. When I got to, the, got to the meeting that night, Brother Fritz, people came and said, Look at Brother Jesse. He's shining. There's a light on my face, man. I've been in the presence of the glory of God. I mean, there was a light. We asked Fritz. He was there. We had a knock down, drag out, spit. I didn't talk about that. I was 
I said, ain't nobody going to believe this. God bless people, not people, preachers, people falling out all over. And this lady, come, people coming to me, you are shining. You are shining. And I would tell them, I've been in the presence of God. But they didn't understand. They said, oh, okay, been praying. No, ain't been praying. <laughs> you don't have to believe it. It literally happened. Jesus is coming, people. He's coming. I know what he looks like. I know what I shall wait. What, should, what waits for me. And me and Kathy are going to be there. Jody. And I'll be able to see my mom. I wasn't allowed to. I didn't ask. You don't want to miss heaven. If you do, it's your greatest loss ever. Everybody bow your head. Ladies and gentlemen, you just listened to that, the CD Heaven series, Close Encounters of the God Kind. No one should be homeless at the end of their life. And I want to pray with you right now. And it's a personal prayer. It's me and you praying together. And the Bible said if two of us agree, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say it with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I confess my sin today. I believe with my heart. I confess with my mouth that you rose from the dead. I am saved. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And today is my God day with the Lord Jesus. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, you just came to the knowledge of who Jesus is. Thank you for getting born again. And now you've become my brother and sister in the Lord. We're going to have a wonderful time in heaven. We're also going to have a wonderful time on the earth because of who we are in Christ Jesus. Jesse the Planets really loves you. I really do. And so does the Lord. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.